Hi everyone and welcome to Take 10 for Terror number 804. I hope you all are well. Any questions, comments, suggestions, recommendations, or sponsorships, please email me at Rabbi Ismach at Take10FortorahTorah.org. So in this week's Parsha, Parsha has told us we have one of the very famous episodes which causes a lot of questions, and that is the episode of Yaakov taking the brachos from Esav. And in doing so, he takes the blessings from his father Yitzchak by misrepresenting himself as being Esav. And not only does he behave in a way where uh, Yitzchak assumes that he is Esav, when Yitzchak outright asks him, uh, who are you? So he says, Anochi Esav b'charecha, he lies. He says, I am Esav, your child. And so there's a lot of discussion about this, about how could he say that Rashi says, he really said, Anochi, Kama, I am I, Esav b'charecha, Esav is your child. And there are a variety of answers to explain how forefather Yaakov, who is associated with Emes and Truth, could possibly be the one to behave in this way, to use this level of untruth and dishonesty in trying to get what he wanted. So that's a big discussion, we've talked about that in the past. But I figured it would be a nice time to talk about MS and Sheker, truth and falsehood, and the value of each, or the value of detriment of each. So the Sefer HaChinuch talks about the idea of MS, the idea of truthfulness. He talks about this in the laws of the courtroom and how judges are to behave. He discusses how Sheker dishonesty is disgusted and how terrible it is. He said there's nothing more disgusting than it. And all of the curses in the world, all of the terrible things, reside in the homes of those who are busy with Sheker. He says that metaphorically, meaning people who are involved in Sheker, not good things happen to them. And he explains. He says, theologically, God is the God of truth, and everything that is with him is truth. And any blessing that one could receive from association with God comes because of your association with that midah of truth. And so he says, we, as humans, attempt to emulate God. We try to be merachamim and merciful like God. We try to be gomli chasadim, people who deliver kindness to others. But anybody who does the opposite, and that would be any sort of liar, somebody who involves themselves with dishonesty. So that, the result, he says, he explains very simply, So if you're opposite of God, and you behave opposite the way God does, so you will get the opposite of what God provides. And the opposite of the bracha that you would get when associating with God would be bad things. The hepech simcha, the hashalom, the hatanag, and it would be the opposite of simcha, joy, shalom, peace, tanag, enjoyment, and pleasure. Shehem ito, those are the things you get with God, who adaga, worry, ktata, fights, tsar, pain, kol elechelik, adam rasha me'alehem, all of those things, a person, a wicked person who's involved in dishonesty, really brought upon themselves. The Torah exhorts us to remove ourselves from Sheker, Harbe, as it says, Midvar Sheker Tirchak. And that's really interesting because the Pasuk, which prohibits dishonesty for sure in the courtroom and possible in all interpersonal situations, Midvar Sheker Tirchak doesn't just say, Lo Tirchak, do not murder. It says, keep distance from falsehood, keep distance from dishonesty. There's no such thing as being too honest because you're always fulfilling the Torah's mandate of keep yourself away. Now we know that there are a couple of possible exceptions where a person's allowed 
to maybe bend the truth. And it's not even clear from those sources to what extent. The Gemara in Bavimatziah discusses three scenarios where a person might have a confluence of values uh, really fighting each other and you have to figure out which is the right one. Maybe sometimes truth uh, goes secondary. Meseches, Puria, Ushpiza, three cases which uh, we've talked about other times. The Gemara says you're allowed to be Meshanam Epnei HaShalom. You're allowed to change the truth a little bit for the purposes of peace and keeping peace between people. We saw that most recently in the parish with Avraham and Sarah and God, and God repeats what Sarah had said about Avraham, he repeats it a little bit differently, so that Avraham isn't offended, and then we have the Gemara Ksubis that talks about Ketzad Maraktam Lefnei Kala. how do we talk to a Chassad and Kala? So Beis Hillel says that, you know, you don't necessarily have to tell all of the truth, you're allowed to just exaggerate a little bit and, and you know, be a little bit more positive in your statement. And so we have situations where the truth plays second fiddle, but I want to just talk about and focus on truth itself. Truth itself. There's a famous command, Daf Kovdalad in Shabbos, where it talks about the letters of the alphabet, and it says, Shin Sheker Tuf Emes. The last two letters in the alphabet each represent one of these traits. Shin is for Sheker, Tuf is for Emes, for truth. So the Gemara asks, why is it that Sheker, the word sheker has all of these letters, shin, kuf, resh, which all come next to each other in order. It's kuf, resh, shin. But they're right next to each other in the alphabet. Why? And ms is exactly the opposite. ms has aleph, the first letter of the alphabet, tuf, the last letter of the alphabet, and mem, the middle letter of the alphabet. Why? So the Gemara answers, shikra, shchiach, kushta, lo shchiach. Lying and falsehood is common. That's why they're right next to each other. But kushta, lo shchiach, real truth, is not so common. The Gemara continues. On my time of shikra achta karehai, the emes melabin luvune. Why is it that the word shikra is made out of three letters? Each of them is supported very delicately. The shin comes to a point in the Torah, the bottom of the letter itself comes to a point. It could, so to speak, fall out of balance, and so too the kuf, and so too the resh. Whereas emes, aleph, has a platform to stand on two legs, and the mem has this, this flat leg on the bottom, which it rests on, and tough has two legs again. Answers the Gemara, kushta kai, shikra lokai. Kushta, truth, will stand. Truth will stand forever. But lies, they never stand. And so the Gemara is focused on just even interpreting the form of the letters to find these important values behind truth and dishonesty. The Maharal beautifully takes this a step further. He says, if you look at it, the fact that these two letters are so close in the alphabet, they are right next to each other, shin and taf, one representing sheker, one representing emes. He says, the shin is lie and the taf is truth. He says, and the point of that is, the moment you veer slightly away from truth, af os achas, even one letter away, literally here, take a sheker. That's sheker. You're on tough, that's truth. You go even one letter away from the truth. That is already not truth. That is untruth. Ulakach sheker who el ha'emes, therefore they're not next, to, next to each other. He says, Va'al yomar ha'adam. And a person shouldn't say, oh, I lied, I lied a little bit, it's not the big deal, uh, yeah, I can't, don't have to worry about it. He says, no, because even if you take the aleph away from emes, the aleph, just like the slightest amount, the little teeny-weeny aleph, which is very little value, just an aleph. What are you left with, he says? You're left with the word mace. 
the argument will die, the everything will die, it will not last. As the Gemara said, lo kai, it will not stand. It will topple, it, there won't be any uh, realness to it, because if you're not understanding things correctly, if you're not presenting things properly, those and that understanding and that presentation will fall away. There's an interesting Gemara in Sukkah, talking about the importance of educating towards truth. You're not supposed to tell a kid, uh, hey kid, I'm going to buy this for you, and then you don't end up buying it for you. Now, of course, you're going to have a disappointed kid, and of course, you probably shouldn't have said that in the first place if you didn't mean it, but let's say, let's say you weren't worried about either of those things. The Gemara says, most simply, because you're going to teach the kid lies. Quoting a Pasuk, he says, don't lie to your children. Don't make that okay, because if your children pick that up, they will think that lying is okay. The Shla has a beautiful piece on how to educate kids towards truthfulness. He talks about how it's important to make sure that when kids tell the truth, they're rewarded for it. They're not punished for telling the truth. And instead, lying is something that they are punished for. So that he says the reason will be when, if you've educated towards that, whenever you ask the question, did you do this, they'll have to tell you the truth because they'll feel like that's the most important thing. And then, because they know that they're going to have to answer the question, if they do something bad, they won't do something bad because they won't want to lie. And so, MS and Sheker, and a focus on those values, can really overwhelmingly dictate how they behave otherwise. He quotes a story from some chassid from a chassidei elion mehasfardim, somebody, again, we're talking the 1600s, and he says he would never lie. And he explained why would he never lie. He would never lie because his father, this chassid's father, would ha- had taught that the most important thing is always truth. And so something bad happened, a window was broken, so the person who would admit it and tell the truth, that person had said, I, I'm going to forgive that person. But if I catch the person who did it wrong, the person who's being sneaky, the person who's lying, I will uh, I will try to punish that person. And so he would even, with the slow reports that this person would say, that his father would even reward the person who admitted and told the truth, like as a Pavlovian sort of reaction. The, they would uh, spend a couple of dollars and say, oh, you're the one who broke the window? Here, take five bucks. Now, it sounds counterintuitive, and maybe sounds like an incentive to break the window a second time, but he uses a beautiful a beautiful expression. He says, That's how he would teach his children about truth. And he would buy purchase truth with some coins by teaching the value of it by associating it with value not with punishment that's how we teach our children truth and that's how we remember the importance of truth over falsehood and not to compromise except in the most rare of situations have a great day